0: Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company.
1: This is Politico Energy. I'm Kelsey Tamburino. The honor of all the chief justice and the associate justices of the Supreme Court of the United States. Today, we've got an episode all about two big things happening with the Supreme Court. Oh yay, oh yay, oh yay. First, the court will hear oral arguments in the biggest climate case of the last 15 years, starting today. In the case West Virginia versus the Environmental Protection Agency, the justices will consider the scope of the EPA's authority to regulate greenhouse gas emissions from the power sector. Their decision, which is expected in the summer, could provide the first indication of how the court's new conservative majority, will approach questions about the federal government's role in curbing global climate change. And on another SCOTUS front. President Biden will nominate Katanji Brown Jackson to fill the vacancy
0: on the U.S. Supreme Court, the seat that Stephen Breyer is retiring from.
1: Jackson currently sits on D.C.'s federal appellate court and had been considered the frontrunner for the vacancy since Justice Breyer announced his retirement back in January. If confirmed by the Senate, she will be the first Black woman to sit on the high court. Today, Politico's Alex Guillen on why it's a big week for the Supreme Court. It's Monday, February 28th. So, Alex, this case has a lot of background and appeals and rulings tied to it. But can you give us a simple breakdown? What is each side arguing?
0: Yeah, so the states and coal companies that are challenging, I'll start there, they're asking the Supreme Court to step in and say that EPA has sort of a limited authority to regulate climate pollution from power plants. And there's a couple of ways the Supreme Court could do that. One would just be sort of a statutory reading of the part of the Clean Air Act that EPA has relied on, Section 111. Another possibility is they could use what's becoming an increasingly popular tool among some judges, which is the major questions doctrine, which is sort of this idea that some judges the Supreme Court have come up with that if Congress had wanted to give an agency authority to take a sweeping action on big economic or political questions, they would have really clearly said that in a law somewhere. Anyway, so on the defending side is the Biden administration. They're arguing a few things. Number one, for a couple of different procedural reasons, this case should be dismissed without the justices ever really reaching the merits of the case. And then on the other side, of course, assuming the court probably will reach the merits, EPA is prepared to defend and argue that actually, yes, the law does give it pretty significant latitude to consider all kinds of options here.
1: And this case is being heard by a conservative-leaning court. How could that impact the final ruling?
0: So it's been interesting. A lot of legal observers and experts across the spectrum really didn't think the Supreme Court would even take up this case in large part because there's no rule in the books right now. So the fact that they even did suggests that there are at least four justices who want to weigh in here. And like I mentioned, major questions doctrine is becoming kind of a a very popular kind of thing to break out. As the Biden administration has said, that has honestly created some chaos across the government. It's caused a lot of problems with dozens of rulemakings, environmental reviews, so there were a lot of impacts there. So it's kind of a powerful tool, and a lot of critics of the major questions doctrine have pointed out that it's really only ever used to stop agencies from taking ambitious actions like regulations. It's never used by judges when an agency refuses to act to address a problem. It very much looks like the conservative-leaning Supreme Court wants to do something here. Exactly what they want to do is unclear. And like I said, there's still a wide variety of uh, outcomes you can see here, so we're going to have to watch carefully what happens during oral arguments.
1: But whatever the ruling is in this case, it could really impact things in the short term for the Biden administration, right? How does this case impact their clean energy plans?
0: So this will matter a lot to, number one, what Biden is doing on climate regulations. So obviously they can't really issue a new power plant rule right now without knowing what the Supreme Court's going to rule on. It's also going to be taken as a hallmark for other EPA powers on climate authority here. One big example would be the methane rule for the oil and gas industry, the, the real big one that came out back in November, that's under the same part of the law that the greenhouse gas rules for power plants were issued under. So this could impact that rulemaking, and that could be one of the biggest climate rules that Biden issues in his first term anyway. And then again, this all really matters in a broader context where Democrats in Congress were unable to get included in the Build Back Better Act That CEPP program that would have incentivized utilities to decarbonize, you know, opposition from Joe Manchin killed that, and then now the broader Build Back Better Act is apparently dead in the water. So EPA is going to be stuck with the regulatory authority, the same statutes that it has had in place since the Clean Air Act was last really updated 32 years ago. The law probably could use an update, but Congress will never, in its current configuration, come to any serious agreement on that, I don't think.
1: And beyond the Biden administration, how could this impact future administrations and how the federal government could enact climate policy going
0: forward? So discounting any potential congressional action in the future, these are the laws we've got. And the Supreme Court is potentially going to rule that these are the tools EPA has to use right now. And if it's a very limited kind of thing where they're saying you can only do so much, that means there's probably going to be a lot more Emission reductions being driven by other factors that are non regulatory. So marketplace competition from natural gas and renewables, which continue to be cheaper than coal. Also, EPA Minister Michael Regan has talked a lot about. Sort of considering the broader regulatory scheme for power plants. So in addition to just the direct greenhouse gas rules and rules for other types of air pollution emitted by these plants, you know, EPA also regulates their water pollution discharge. They also regulate coal ash, solid waste. He's talked about looking at this as sort of a holistic way to address greenhouse gas emissions going forward. So if EPA's climate authority is really limited, that may be really the most effective path forward for emissions reductions, just in terms of EPA's regulatory authority.
1: So switching gears, Alex, in related SCOTUS news, Ketanji Brown-Jackson officially became Biden's pick to replace Justice Stephen Breyer last week. Could you give us some background on her energy and environmental stances?
0: Yeah, so just for a little background, you know, she was a district court judge in D.C. for I think about eight years. She's been on the D.C. circuit since last year, so not a lot of time to get out major rulings from that level. And then from where she was placed, she didn't have huge energy or environment cases hitting her docket. But she has ruled on a number of cases that do move into the energy and environmental space and interviewing them and talking to legal experts. The big takeaway is that Jackson is... A lot like Stephen Breyer, who she's been nominated to replace and actually who she clerked for back in 1999, 2000, which is to say that she comes in these cases and looks at the procedural issues and looks at the administrative law and considers if people are following the right procedures and that sort of thing. So that will often drive her ruling in cases But environmental groups have been thrilled with her nomination, especially because that'll help, you know, ensure that seat remains in liberal-leaning hands going forward. They've, in the past few years, seen, of course, the court slide to the right on environmental and other issues. So Democrats and environmentalists are are pretty pleased with her.
1: For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com morningenergy. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Kelsey Tamburino, and we'll see you back tomorrow.
0: Did you know that Chevron is working with partners in California to convert the methane from cow waste into renewable natural gas that, one day, can help fuel trucks across the nation? Find out more at chevron.com forward slash RNG.